Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Well, hi, guys, and welcome to Getting Loopy. Join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern for a little loopy fun. Um, I am sorry so much for the um, technical difficulties we had last week, and we're having them again today. Um, so uh, our guest is still trying to call in, but I'll catch up with her eventually, and we have other stuff to talk about in the meantime. So tonight's guest is the fabulous London Kay. She is a crochet artist and yarn bomber. She does installations and um, all kinds of stuff, and she's just doing right now... Um, a a new a new collaboration with Lion Brand Yarn, and she has uh, some new yarn and some new crochet hooks. There she is, that she wants to talk to us about. So we'll get her on in just one minute. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? Um, and then next week we will have Michael Cook. Michael Cook is from the DFW. That's the Dallas-Fort Worth Fiber Fest. That's a really cool organization. They started out with uh, a small group of volunteers in a teeny tiny show and has grown over the years. Um, it's one of my absolute favorite places to teach, and I am teaching there this year, 2018, in April. But um, I wanted to talk to them also, not just about my going there and the classes I'm going to teach and blah, 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 uh, but also how they grew that show and uh, a little bit about how important they are to the yarn industry. It's very cool that, you know, they've turned into a real player. They have terrific teachers. They are very crochet friendly in addition to being knit friendly and spin friendly and weave friendly. And I think that that's very, very cool. A um, couple things. Just a very few of the Hochanda products are left. So once again, go to the blog bookedforlifepublishing.com slash blog. Look up that Hochanda link. Um, I think there's maybe five of the baskets left, and they're very, very cool. I still have not gotten around to getting a video, but little Loopy is visiting with me this week. So I'm playing with her instead of getting work done. So <laughs> I'll catch up eventually. Also, later this evening, today is Monday, March 12th, 2018. A little later tonight, I'll be putting up a free knitting pattern. It is a two-color cotton knit towel in the cotton cord yarn, which is called macrame, even though it's not macrame yarn, from macaroni that I had on Hochanda. Now, if you purchase the yarn through Hochanda, you get a crochet market bag pattern with it but I wanted something for the knitters to have too, and I just tween all the crazy traveling that's been going on. So I have done a knit pattern, and I'm going to put that up on the blog as a free pattern. And then I promise I'll do a crochet pattern on the blog because, man, there's a lot of knitting up there right now. But, you know, things happen the way they happen. So that's all pretty cool. And let me see if I can get Ms. London on the phone. Hi, London. Hi. Yay! <laughs> Yay! We had technical difficulties last week, and the poor guest, the audience could hear the guest 
and the audience could hear me, <laughs> but the guest and I couldn't hear each other. So it was oh, uh, no. it was quite an adventure. But welcome, welcome to Getting Loopy. You were not on the last time around because you you weren't on the scene yet. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to get some new people on the air. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Well, tell us all about you. I I'm, I know that's an open-ended question. Let's start with, um, I sort of want to lead up to the Lion Brand collaboration because you have had a long and storied career. Now, I first became of your work when you were at the Craft and Hobby Association last year. You did an installation at Craft and Hobby, which was very, very cool, and you did that in the Lion Brand booth. But what started your journey as a crochet artist? Oh, well, it's been definitely a, a long journey. I started crocheting when I was 13 years old, and I would sell scarves to the girls at my dance studio. I grew up dancing, and um, they became quite trendy. I sold so many scarves when I was in middle school and high school. <laughs> I bought my car when I was 16 just from my scarf money. So crocheting was always a bit of a a business for me, even even back then. But mm-hmm. I would really make more just scarves, and, and that's it. Um, so I went to college. I went to NYU for dance, and I kind of stopped crocheting for a bit. And after school, I got a job working at the Apple Store selling computers, and I was like, there's more to life than, than selling computers and iPhones. So I kind of started picking up crocheting again, and um, as I was working there. And how, I, how long ago was this? Well, it was right when I graduated college. So I started working at Apple in 2010. And Mm -hmm. about two years in is when I um, started doing crocheted street art because a customer Mm -hmm. came in with a really cool crochet bag. And I was like, I could do more than make hats and scarves. Like, let me Google (laughs) everything and anything I can um, about using yarn creatively. And I stumbled upon yarn bobbing. And Yarn bobbing is where you take a piece of knit or crochet and traditionally wrap it around something. So a tree or a fire hydrant or a chair. And it's just really like fun. And I I loved what it was. And I gave myself a 30-day challenge that every day for 30 days, I'm going to put some sort of yarn bomb outside and leave it there for people to enjoy. And it just slowly kind of started picking up. Yes, this was was out in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. It was, and I lived in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, which is kind of like a, yeah, a little bit of a dangerous area sometimes, um, but it's a nice mix of people, old and young, different cultures, and I thought the first time I put up a yarn bomb, someone would rip it down or people wouldn't like it, but it was the complete opposite. I, you know, people absolutely loved it. Right from the start, a uh, grandmother reached out through my my website and just said every day her and her granddaughter stop at my crochet tree and talk about it. And I was like, I have to do more of this. So I did. Now was that 30 different installations or it was an installation that sort of grew slowly over 30 days? It was 30 different installations and it started out with like traditional yarn bombing, like a tree wrap or a beanie that I put instead of on, on my head, I put it on like Muhammad Ali's boxing gloves a statue that was in New York. So everything was really simple. Um, but slowly through those 30 days, I was able to kind of like develop more of my own style and like realize I could be pretty prolific with it and not worry if my yellows didn't match or, you know, one eyeball looked different than the other eyeball. 
I was fine with that. It was more just about doing it and seeing what happened. I was just going to say, so was the goal always to start your crochet empire or, or extend it at that point <laughs> if you started it when you were 13? Or was it more of a way to just express yourself through your art? It was definitely a way for me to express myself. I never really, at that point, definitely did not know where it could go, had zero expectation that this could ever be my career. Um, and just as I'm curious, were you still dancing at that point or no? Um, I So I still t- take, to this day, I take ballet class, like, as much as I can on Sundays. I usually go. So I've always loved uh, ballet, but um, when mm-hmm. I... Before I graduated high school, I got an injury. So I always knew that even though I got a full scholarship for dance to college, I knew it wouldn't be able to be like my profession just because I had been injured. And dance is already mm-hmm. such a short-lived career um, that I, I, I don't know really if you had aspirations. You, you may not know this. My daughter is a dancer. She's a step dancer, and she is now forcibly retired from injury. But I worked in uh, costumes in dance and I also went to NYU. So, but oh I was gosh. a dance costumer for many years. I worked for Twyla Tharp and Merce Cunningham and Douglas Dunn and uh, David Gordon and Valda Setterfield, pretty much anybody out of the Judson Church group. I worked for them at one point or another. So it's fascinating to me to hear your background. I was never a performer. I was always, uh, you know, working on costumes or working on sets or helping people with their videos because, you know, and I'm obviously I'm significantly older than you are, but it is so interesting to me to hear your journey with its parallels to the journey I made probably 30 years before you. But again, I lived in Brooklyn. I went to NYU. I did costumes right. instead of performing but I was very, very involved in the dance world for many, many, many years. So it's really cool to hear you talk about it's that. It's so cool. Yeah, that, those so, connections are like, I, all the names you just listed, I'm just like, when you said Justin Church, even my mouth dropped. I was like, are you kidding? It's the same thing. And back when I was in college, I really did think I would go more into costume design. I do costumes at, for some of my friends and their dance performances. So mm-hmm. that's kind of more the direction. When I was in college, I dreamed of going, for sure, because I've always mm-hmm. loved the crafty side. So, ooh, how fun. You got to do some fun stuff. <laughs> I absolutely did. I, I'm jealous. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk about it when we're not on the air. So, sure. what happened, so your 30-day challenge was over, and you decided, what, you were just going to keep going? I was just going to keep going. Like, right from the start, good things started happening. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, a designer who had a show at fashion week um, wanted some crocheted accessories just because I wrapped a tree in Chelsea in Manhattan. And like the little (laughs) things started kind of like coming my way just by Mm -hmm. putting up my street art. I always put a tag up with a hashtag and I started my Instagram account right at the beginning of my 30 day challenge. um, So people could reach out to me and um, yeah, it was just, it was definitely still just like for fun, but mm-hmm. as, over time, I would say about a year in is when like bigger um, commercial projects co- started coming my way. Um, mm-hmm. Like a project for Starbucks, they reached out because they saw a ballerina on a fence in Brooklyn and were opening a new store around there and wanted some art. Mm-hmm. I did a commercial for Delivery.com back at the beginning too, where. It was it was funny. He's like knitting in the commercial, but I made a full crocheted um, 
like unitard for him. Um, but he's supposed <laughs> to be knitting, so that was fun. Um, so, oh, and then ABC and Carpet you know at Home, like that you both sit home and judge when when commercial people do that. <laughs> When I was in the wardrobe union, my friend Chris and I used to say we were going to start our own business, that we were just going to commercial people, explain to them the difference between knit and crochet, and make sure that all the people that were knitting and crocheting (laughs) in their commercials and movies were doing the right craft at the right time. We never did it, but we still threatened. (laughs) Yes, I think, you know, stay strong one day. (laughs) Everyone will know the difference between the two. (laughs) <laughs> oh my good gosh uh, so you started doing commercial installations and I'm guessing you quit Apple sometime around <laughs> um, so I quit Apple so I slowly kind of weaned off of Apple I guess you could say um, so I worked oh, there yeah. a total of five years about halfway in is when I was able to go part time and then eh, no halfway in is when I started doing yarn bombing and then a year after that I went part time year after that I finally quit and that was well, which well, is very cool because I mean, then it's, I mean, it's so scary exciting. to be out here on your own, you know, it's, oh, it's yeah. cool that you were able to go part-time and know, well, at least I can pay the phone bill. You know what I mean? So my next question, and this is probably going to make you laugh because I know you have your own yarn now and I want to talk about that, but man, the thing with your pieces, your installations are enormous, uh, which I think is very cool. You've gone, you've come a long way in scale from, you know, wrapping a granny skirt around the tree to some of your installations are enormous. Um, what were you doing for supplies? Were you like working overtime in order to hit the hit the craft store? You know, um, to be able to afford the yarn. You're saying? <laughs> well, the, not even Wait, to afford the, it, but like get your Sorry. hands on it. You must have been going through yarn by the mile. Oh my gosh, yes. So that is how kind of Lion Brand and I originally teamed up because I got a commission for a crochet billboard in Times Square from Miller Lite, 50 feet by 25 feet. And when they re- when I, you know, everything was signed and I was hitting the ground running, at that point, I thought I could buy, buy all my yarn at Michael's. I truly thought there'd be enough in the store. I'll just go and pick it up. And I was very wrong. <laughs> yes, I, so, you were very, very wrong. But also, yeah, for I needed... there that don't remember this, Flying Brand uh, is based in New Jersey and in Manhattan. The big warehouses are in New Jersey. And uh, they have offices, and the studio store are in Manhattan. So uh, there have been a lot of projects that sort of have it a New York theme that Lion Brand was able to step in and help the artist out because they're right there. So you called Lion Brand called and said, "Yo, dude, I need enough yarn for a billboard." Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, that's exactly <laughs> what I did. Um, and I had there were like a few back and forth between them whether it's them posting something about me. So they knew who I was because I was in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, So that made it a little easier, but they were amazing. I got to go and pick up the yarn from their warehouse, which just was yarn overload. So I freaked out because yarn, I just get so excited. Um, So I was (laughs) able to pick it up. I posted on my Instagram account, if you know how to crochet, I need help. And I got so many people reaching out to help me for that project. It was really a, a big learning experience and definitely helped me move forward with my just crochet ability to scale things up to a whole new level. Now, how long did that take? How long did that piece take to create? I had three weeks to get it done. So, Oh my heck. That is really. The project takes however long you have. Yes. 
but um, I crocheted all day every day, which is truly a dream day for me. If I could crochet for 12 mm. hours a day, I'm, that's perfect. But, um, but as you know, in so, this business, you don't get to crochet every day. You're, you know, you're chasing contracts and you're picking yarn and you're oh, making exactly. your design, you know, because people say that to It'll designers be, all the time. It's like, oh, I'd love to do what you do and just sit in my rocking chair and stitch all day. It's like, yeah, that's not how that works. <laughs> no, no, it's four o'clock and I haven't even picked up a hook yet. You know, I'm like, where, I've been on right. emails all day. This is nuts. But um, at that point with a project of that size, of course, Right, you know, all of those things kind of go the back burner, and I'm in full crochet mode. Um, so we got it done. My sister and I went to Ohio to a billboard factory to assemble the whole thing there. We had like a week to do that piece of it, and then um, mm-hmm. they drove it back to New York and unrolled it in Times Square, and it stayed up for over a month, and it was only coated with positive vibes. Question: How long did it stay up? <laughs> Yeah, a whole month. And, you know, living in New York, no one likes to go to Times Square. But that month, I was there more times than I uh, ever would have wanted to go to that uh, area of the city. But it was worth it. Every moment I got to, like, stand there and look at it is I'm so grateful for. I cannot imagine looking up and seeing you know, a piece of that scale. I, you know, I get excited when I finish a sweater commission, you know, I just can't wrap my <laughs> brain around seeing a piece that big. And how many people wound up working on it overall? I needed you help. Do you know how many stitchers you had? I, I needed 50 total five foot by five foot crocheted square to make up the backdrop. Mm-hmm. And that's what I needed help with. And I want to say there was about maybe 23 people that ended up helping me and truly it was just Instagram and one day I was like if you can come and pick up yarn you know come here and I'll have it for you and um, at the end of the day the last person who stopped by counted up the squares and it was 50 like four and I was like perfect just in case some are mistakes if someone doesn't follow through we've got a few backups and I was all set so it, it was just I mean, so hard, but taking it one little step at a time and really breaking it down and trying to keep my cool is the only way that mm-hmm. I was able to do it. And again, it's, it's engineering at that point. You know what I mean? The idea of getting all those pieces so that they interlock is now, I, again, I know you've done all sorts of pieces since then. Have you ever done anything quite that large again? Um. That, like, one piece being that size, that's for sure the largest. Um, I did have to kind of rev up production. Um, I worked for Red Valentino, which is Valentino, but they're a younger brand. And they had Mm -hmm. to do um, 16 window displays that were dispersed around the world. And that had maybe a two-week turnaround. And all of those, if you put them all together, are going to be just as big as the billboard. So, luckily, I'd had before that one. But, um, yeah, like I said, I just, well, I just want to say to anybody who is listening, please go to London. Please say your website because I was just on it before we got on the air looking at all the photos, and you have some really amazing photos of your work. So is it londonk.com? It is, is right? londonk, spelled K-A-Y-E.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I highly recommend all. you guys, yeah, go, but just go check out the website and um, – one of the pieces you can see is the piece that I saw at Craft and Hobby. It's not Craft and Hobby anymore. It's AFCI now, whatever. But, uh, again, that was where you and I met. Uh, we were introduced by Jack Blumenthal at Lime Brand, and that is where I first 
became aware of your work. Now, how was it coming into the craft industry? Because it seems like the companies that you were working with were not traditional craft companies. They were people that recognized your art as art and wanted it to be a part of, you know, their advertising campaign or their installation or, you know, whatever they were putting out with their message. How was it to come to an industry event and sort of see all of that? You know what I mean? Because, it, again, it's interesting to me having sort of, like, you know, I've been in the industry a long time, but um, having gone to the more traditional yarn shows for many years and then switching over to craft and hobby, AFCI, uh, because I do more mass market stuff than I used to, um, the amount of sheer, the sheer volume of stuff in the world, not just yarn, but, you know, paints and beads and, you know, is just kind of staggering. Were you blown away by the scale of that show or, or, or not, you know, or is that something I'm just kind of putting on you? I, I was definitely, I mean, there was so, there's so much going on in the craft world and, I crocheting obviously is my specialty, but I love everything and anything craft. So it's mm-hmm. always inspiring, I would say, to get to go and see that side of it because it is more the businessy side. It's not necessarily just like what you can make with it. It's also how they sell it and what they're what products people are selling and what is trendy in crafts right now and what's coming out in the future in crafts and all of those things I think are really mm-hmm. um good to see and just be aware of what's going on in the industry that you know at that point I wasn't I didn't have my own yarn line but I still want to be you know current on what what's going on in that space so it was really so really let, cool let's getting talk to about there. the yarn I, w- I want to talk about the yarn specifically um it is a bulky way right I, again I it just is sort of briefly and is it it's available now I was looking weight. at your website and there's a lot of sort of themed packs with coordinating colors together, is it also available as single skeins or or is it all sort of themed up in those packages? It is absolutely available in individual skeins and then it's mm-hmm. also available in 11 different theme packs where I got to pick all the colors, which was, I love color, just like mixing and matching colors and putting things together. So I was really excited that I got to pick out the different color palettes that go in each theme pack. So um, mm-hmm. that was a good time. And really the colors are just beautiful. They'll all work together nicely. Um, if you do get them in the pack or mixing and matching, there's this really great neon pink one that just like, I can't have enough of. So, um, I'm happy that they, they have them individually as well. And then how the yarn actually like really got started is that I, for maybe two years now have been more than that even, um, I've been 3D printing my own crochet hooks because mm-hmm. out there, I always use a really big, like 20 millimeter crochet hook. And there's just not that many good ones on the market. Um, no, so I was just going to say they're impossible to find and they are not always the best. Uh, you know, they don't always feel the best. No, very clunky and heavy and uh, definitely room for improvement. Uh, so the Apple techie side of me, um, decided to make a 3D printed crochet hook and combine all of my favorite features of the big crochet hooks that are out there and put them into one. And I've been working on that, and Lion Brand had seen me using those at CHA, the one that you were at that year, and mm-hmm. kind of were thinking like, oh, maybe they could do something with the hook. And then that just kind of spun off 
not only are they creating the hooks, we also decided to do a whole collection of yarn as well because yarn bombing, it's, it's indoor and outdoor. You have an outdoor yarn. You want something acrylic. You want something thick that doesn't take too much time to crochet with. You don't necessarily need a ton of one color, but you want a lot of different colors. And you don't want it to be right. too expensive because you don't want to be putting the most beautiful skein of hand-dyed yarn on your tree. That's just silly. So, right. But exactly. you can do it if you have a, you know, I don't want to discourage anyone from yarn bombing. So if that's all you have, mm-hmm. please crochet and put it outside. Um, but <laughs> Or you can get my yarn, um, which is super affordable, and it's really going to last well. The color will stay bright and vibrant, but then it's also soft enough if you did want to crochet an applique for a bag or um, cover your chair inside and make it look homey and cozy. So it's, it's definitely – Now, the yarn just, you know, just came out a different. couple weeks ago, right? Is, didn't it just launch officially on March 1st? Is that right? It launched officially in Joanne's stores on March 1st. So it was available as like a sneak peek online a few weeks before that. And then on March 1st, there are, it's exclusively available in Joann's. And then later Mm -hmm. come like April, May, it'll roll out nationwide at other craft stores as well. How many colors, uh, you said there were 11 themed packs. How many colors are there in the individual skeins? I believe there are 23. I'm like being, I uh, wow. feel like I should that is a, my That's computer. a pretty deep range, you know, for a new, oh. for a new yarn. That's amazing. It's definitely, I mean, that's a lot of I mean I'm so I'm happy. To say. That's really cool. It's a lot of colors. Like since, so it was, it was even hard for me to get my hands on when it was in production and all that. So now that we had all the yarn, I'm loving that, like, oh, I need a light pink. I can just actually grab my London K yarn. The amount of colors mm-hmm. is very exciting. And um, mm-hmm. thank you for mentioning that. Sometimes I forget. It's pretty cool that, <laughs> that there are so many options out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other question, looking at the themed packs, um, I know the theme packs have some of your art on the packaging. Are there patterns in there, or are those sort of like inspiration photos? In the, everything you see on the pack, um, on the front of it, you can create with the yarn inside. You can kind of pick one out of the three pictures mm-hmm. that are on the front. So there's a lot gotcha. of options. Okay. And inside, mm-hmm. it's all online. So we have video tutorials, which are great that I did. Um, I don't like, oh, they're great. Um, but they're <laughs> really helpful. Um, <laughs> you can decide if no, they're good or not. Those tutorials are wonderful. Okay. You know, that's okay. Um, and then also the videos are great. It's okay. <laughs> okay. And then um, there are online diagrams and patterns. So we pretty much mm-hmm. cover all basis for how to create everything. You do go online to access that content though. So just a Terrific. Up. And I was, I was wondering, um, I was, who was, I can't remember. I was having this conversation with a yarn manufacturer when I was in the UK the week before last. And one of the things we were talking about, how a lot of crocheters are uh, still learning from photos and learning from inspiration photos and are still not confident reading patterns. Uh, The point that I want to make is because of the great videos, um, maybe people that are not so secure reading patterns right now, maybe your current work is a way in for them. You know what I mean? But it's different than knitters. Knitters tend, and again, this is a rash generalization, but as a general rule, knitters tend to learn to read 
patterns as they knit. As a general rule, crocheters start with somebody teaching them their favorite blanket pattern. Do you know what I mean? So a lot of crocheters, as their skill level improves, will say, you know, I'd like to make a sweater. I'd like to make a bag. I'd like to make one of London's eyeballs, (laughs) you know, and put it on a bag. But (laughs) I'm not confident reading the pattern. So I think it's cool that you have so much visual. I mean, you're a visual artist, but it's cool that there's so much visual information to go with that you didn't just stick a pattern book in a box and tell them, you know, go, go for it. I'm hoping that you're reaching somebody that is not currently served by the current round of, you know, pattern books and and stuff like that. The idea that there are diagrams and tutorials and videos, I think that's really cool. And I think that that is going to open up a world of print material to people who kind of need something like what you are doing to uh, baby step their way in to doing more interesting work. That was the point. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, so I'm glad you. Street art or you don't have time anymore? I still do street art. I mean, I love it so much, just being able to crochet. I love every step of the process of yarn bombing, the actual crocheting it, the putting it outside and leaving it there for people, and then stepping back and watching the reaction. And for International Women's Day, that was March 8th, so just a couple days ago, I um, went down Mm -hmm. on Hollywood Boulevard in LA and put up the Spice Girls, and um, that was definitely (laughs) a fun fun one to put up, because it was five girls, it took about an hour to install the whole thing, and I love it when people like stop and talk to us and take pictures, and it's always a good time, so I'm still yarn bombing, not not every day. What what kind of things inspires you? One of my favorite installations of yours, and you're going to have to tell me where it is because I just vividly remember the photos. Um, You did a series of wings on a fence. Yeah. And I just, I must have seen hundreds of pictures of people just going, oh, cool. If I stand in front of it, I look like this really epic crochet fairy, you know? Like even, even people who were not into the yarn thing were so taken by the wings and I was so taken by it because again I feel like half of my mission in the world is to let people know how great crochet and knitting and other crafty stuff is to get those non-believers into our crafty world but I I just loved everybody who was standing in front of those wings was smiling or you know had their hands in front of their face like people that were not necessarily looking comfortable with being the center of attention, but we're still okay with like, hey, take a picture of me, take a picture of me in all my glory because I'm in front of this, you know, six foot tall wing and I feel like a fairy. I mean, I just thought that was a really interesting. Now, where was that piece? Do you, do you I remember think the, one, you know the wings that you're, I think I do. Those are in um, Fort Worth, Texas at a really okay. like funky art district. And there's a bunch of street art around, but crochet it's it's different a painted mural now on a wallet almost has become the norm so when people see crochet up you know everyone has that touch of nostalgia whether it's a blanket from their grandmother or a hat that's been passed down to them so it definitely makes everyone stop and think and connect with the art maybe a different way than they would just been painted or or graffitied just the look on some of these people's faces was just like they were just so taken by it. I I was as taken by the photos as I was. I mean, the wings are fabulous and you did a great job, but 
watching people's reaction to them kind of blew me away. How do you pick the arena in which you want to work? I mean, how do you decide Fort Worth, Texas or downtown LA or another piece in Brooklyn or, you know, what causes you to choose one area over another? It definitely depends on the situation. Um, but the neighborhood that I particularly, particularly live in at the time is definitely going to get a lot of street art because I do <laughs> like you just mentioned the re- yeah the uh, reactions that people have when they see it is such a beautiful part of yarn bombing the fact that it can be in my neighborhood and I can catch those reactions more I mean I'm just going to do as much as I can um, but then other times someone will invite me to put up a piece in a particular spot, um, whether it be local or something like Texas or Toronto or Rome or wherever it may be. Um, I'm always, you know, down to go and put something up where I have 100% permission and it's welcomed with open arms. So, Which was going to be my next point. Have you ever, have you ever run <laughs> into uh, issues with bombing places that uh, people did not want bombed? Well, um, out of maybe the 500 that I've put up, I've been stopped about three times, and only one time did a cop make me cut it down. But I've never gotten actually in trouble. I always have scissors with me. And so if somebody stops me, the first thing I do is I'm like, I will cut this down right now, um, but I'm just putting it up to take a picture. Is that all right? And usually everyone's fine with it. Um, they just are more mm-hmm. interested in what I'm doing. And then on top of that, I always try to ask permission. If I am putting it on somebody's actual property, I won't do that unless I have their go-ahead. But things like a construction fence or a tree that's no one's particular, not in somebody's yard, maybe just on a block somewhere, and it's a little harder to ask, um, those are the times right. where maybe just be aware of what's going on. And what's the longest – well, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm stumping the band. What's one of the longest pieces that you have left up? I mean, you were saying that your billboard was up for a month, but are there five-year-old London K pieces out there in the world? There are no five-year-old London K pieces, but um, one of – I would say an average yarn bomb, just yarn bomb, not commissioned or anything, just something I put out. Mm-hmm. An average will be maybe two weeks, but it'll stay up before somebody takes it down. And I tell myself, mm-hmm. whoever takes it down loves it so much they can't live without it, and I just move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but the longest piece is actually, I have to say, it's the very first tree that I ever put up outside of my house. It stayed up for so long, the tree kind of formed into the yarn. And I have the coolest picture. It's like oh. the yarn turned to bark. It was up for about two years. And um, wow. only recently I went back, and it had been cut down. But the tree is thriving. So we're good to go with yarn on trees. It's not harming anything, um, which is also <laughs> one of the reasons I love yarn bombing. Um, but that, mm-hmm. I think, is kind of a cool, cool thing. My first piece lasted just so long and and really hopefully made a lot of people happy well and that's a good point about yarn bombing or i know there's sort of people are trying to not say yarn bomb anymore and they're saying yarn art or street art or yarn graffiti or whatever but i don't know i was just going to ask you if you had a good idea I, i think people are sort of oozing away from the word bomb just because of the times we live in but street art doesn't do it it doesn't have the yarn component you know yarn graffiti yarn art I say um, a lot of times crocheted street art, and then I'll, I like 
how it sounded when you said yarn art. Sometimes I have to mm-hmm. say yarn bombing, but I definitely do try to avoid that just because of the turbulent times we do live in. My mom is terrified my emails getting, you know, looked at every day because I'm using the word bomb so much. Yeah, no, I would never. I, I bet you're fun to go through TSA with when you're flying to Rome or wherever. And did I read on your website that uh, your sister works with you and your company? Is that right? Oh, my sister, she worked. So my sister and I, we lived together in New York um, for a couple of years, and she definitely has been working for me on and off, sometimes more, sometimes less, because she's an actress. So it really mm-hmm. just depends kind of like um, on her schedule. I'm a very nice boss, so. Um, whenever she needs her time or to do things, um, she's good there. But I love, oh, my gosh, when she can work with me, it's so much fun. Like, we, we get to travel together. She's the best at just, like, you know, being there and helping me, and she's so supportive and, and a really wonderful sister. Well, that's awesome, and I'm sure it's good for – I mean, I can't imagine you going on, you know – Indeed.com and trying to hire somebody, you know. <laughs> I, I still get a lot of. Um, I was talking, God, a couple months ago to uh, Robin Chichula, who's a crochet designer that you probably have heard of. And yes. she was joking on Facebook and said, you know, she was at the grocery store and somebody asked her what she did and she told them and they didn't believe her. <laughs> you know, like, that's not a job. <laughs> so she was on Facebook saying, well, you know, what do you guys say? And I say, oh, I'm, I say I'm a content producer. Nobody argues with that because it sounds very that's good. Uh, it sounds very modern and urban, but I was just sort of getting a little giggle to myself about you being on you know, one of the job sites or Craigslist going, I need somebody to come and hold the crochet while I sew it to the fence. Right. Make sure the 400 pieces of yarn go where they belong. And um, Okay, <laughs> goodness, we are running out of time. The last thing I want to talk about, I promise, has been great. I thank you so much for coming on. Uh, but talk to me a little bit about the specifics of the crochet hooks. Um, for those of you, again, please go to London K, K-A-Y-E, dot com and check out the crochet hooks they look like they look like twisted candy canes somehow i mean they're they're 3d and they have a a you know they have something for you to grasp on and they are large and they are plastic which i assume that means that they're light weight which is good if you're going to crochet for 20 hours and um, what sizes do they come in and and what led you to that twist the sizes they come in, the smallest is a 9 millimeter, then it goes up to 11.5 millimeter, and then 20 millimeter. Mm-hmm. I I'm really excited would, about the 20. I'm going to have to try one of those. I would definitely start, I mean, you can never have too many crochet hooks, and these are bright neon colors, so I recommend all of them. But the 20 millimeter yep. hook is the one that's like, that was my true passion project that I like was perfecting, and that's what kind of like, led me to the other design. So uh, the mm-hmm. big hook in particular, they all have the twist, and the twist is going to make it more ergonomic, and it does work for left and right-handed. Um, right-handed oh, that's a good feel point. A little more, yeah, it's a little – I'm right-handed, so I was able to, you know, absolutely make it perfect for right-handed, but I have a couple girls that crochet for me that are left-handed, and they love it. So it works for both in that sense. And the twist – it makes it easy to kind of move it around in your hand. So you're kind of able to manipulate things a little easier, a little faster. And then anytime you bump up the size with a crochet hook, projects are going to be 
just faster in general. Making a blanket will take right. less time. Doing anything. So I know the norm isn't to crochet with a big hook, but definitely try it out. It gives a fun, funky feel and um, gives a different look to some of the things you make. Well, I also think sometimes in the industry, tools lead trends. You know what I mean? I don't think any of us were crocheting with 20-millimeter hooks because you couldn't think and find one. You know, I have right. one, but I don't right. care for it. It's wooden. It's heavy. It's long. It was meant, I think it was meant for Tunisian crochet, but it's not, it's neither fish nor fowl, you know. It's too long for a traditional crochet hook. It's not really long enough to do Tunisian in any kind of, you know, with it, with any kind of width to it. I don't even know where I got it, but it annoys me. Um, <laughs> I'd be more yeah, interested in a doing a piece point. with a 20 millimeter hook if I had a good one. I do think right. sometimes people having access to better tools leads to more creative projects or at least different projects than always that, you know, that we've seen before. I teach, I talk uh, all the time about Tunisian crochet uh, because it's one of Mm -hmm. my favorite things to teach. It's one of my favorite techniques. And I always say, if you look at at Tunisian blankets in the seventies, they're all 12 to 14 inch panels that were sewn together. Hmm. And the reason that was is because the hooks were 12 inches wide. (laughs) And that was your only (laughs) choice. We didn't have flexible Tunisian crochet hooks in the 70s and the 80s. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when the, to, when the flexible hooks came out, and if you wanted to make a 60-inch wide Tunisian blanket, you could put a 60-inch cable on your hook, then the design changed. Mm-hmm. But the designs changed because the tools enabled the artists to, to work with the chain, you know, to work with the chain that... to, to create new things. So I really am looking forward to seeing what people in the world come up with using not only your fabulous yarn, but also, you know, the tools. I, I think it really could lead to some interesting changes. Oh, I, and sure I can't wait so. to get my I, hands on a hook. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go buy one now. <laughs> yeah, I forgot tomorrow. to say on the bottom, too, this, the, the, this will not inspire change in the way people crochet, but it is fun. Um, on the bottom there, on the big one, it's a peace sign. The other one has a happy face. The small <laughs> one has a star. So <laughs> they're definitely well. It's hard to do big work like there. you do in colors, like you do in angel wings and happy mermaids and all that kind of stuff, and have a a, a puss on your face. So I'm glad <laughs> that you are bringing light and joy into the world because God knows we need it in in these turbulent yeah. times no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on right now things are tough so yeah i i love that the stuff is out there so i am going to rush you off because the clock is going to cut us off thank you really <laughs> truly thank you so very much for coming on i really really appreciate it and um hit them with the website again maybe your instagram name sure where, my instagram where are they going to get the best stuff the best place to follow me is Instagram, and it's at Made by London. And then my website is LondonK.com, spelled K-A-Y-E. And my Facebook is also under London K. So a lot right, of different so options guys, there. And thank you, yep. too, so much. Oh, no worries. Oh, and a very, very last thing. Also, you have some really cool one-of-a-kind uh, crochet bags and stuff on your site now which I again I was amazed that you still had time you've come a long way from your scarves my dear <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much it's all single crochet all right. everything so oh anyone okay. can do it yeah all, all right. the kits too I'm gonna hang up with Easy you breezy. you can hear the crappy British lady talking in your ear 
Um, so um, I'm going to hang up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I look at maybe you can come on again soon when you have something else cool going on, all right? All right. See ya. Okay, bye. All right, guys. We seem to have our groove back on with the tech, at least. I'm still not on the fancy new microphone that I wish that I was using, but um, we kicked it old school tonight, and at least the guests and I could hear each other. So listen, uh, check the Getting Loopy group out on Facebook. Just Getting Loopy. The Ravelry group is Getting Loopy 2.0. We have the email is gettingloopy2.0 at gmail.com. It occurs to me that I did not get the chat room open tonight, but I figured you would forgive me because you would have a show to listen to. So thanks for listening. Spread the word that Getting Loopy is back. And next week we will have Michael Cook from the Dallas-Fort Worth Fiber Festival. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Tell your friends. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.